1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, joined as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, we didn't get to see Captain Giannis, but we did get to find out some interesting stuff about all-star voting. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. We'll get you ready for Bucks Sixers. And then also we'll throw in, uh, you you just heard our normal intro done by our friend Danny Schmitz. He decided to make us a more depressing version of the uh, of that song, uh, and we we're gonna share that with you later. Uh, obviously, it was uh, a volatile day on Buck's Twitter, uh, as everyone wanted to make sure their pitchforks were nice and sharp, and want to make sure their torches worked, and they had plenty of kerosene, and uh, everyone hit the streets today. So that that was kind of what happened today, but uh, I guess we can talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, let's talk about things that are happy and make make me smile. And that would be Giannis Detakumbo starting a second consecutive All Star game.
0: Yeah, no no real drama uh, when we found out tonight that Giannis would indeed be a starter. The final results came out. The combination of player voting. Uh, in which he did not manage to overtake uh, LeBron James for the number one spot in the East and also the league, I guess. Um, So Giannis finishes a uh, rather respectable second. I think, what was he, like 100,000 votes uh, back of LeBron, something on that, or like 2.6 to 2.5 million. Um, Pretty remarkable. Uh, I mean, just in the grand scheme of the universe that the Milwaukee Bucks have a player that nearly uh dethroned LeBron in fan voting <laughs> with LeBron still very much at the peak of his powers. So, uh shout out to Bucks fans. Um shout out to Giannis fans. Shout out to Greek fans. Shout out to everybody who uh watches Giannis and gets joy from him and most importantly shout out to Giannis for um you know being the guy that is uh I don't want to say he has saved Basketball Milwaukee, but he is sort of in the process of saving Basketball Milwaukee, certainly completely changing the complexion and, and outlook of, of the franchise and, and what seems to be possible. And I guess we'll get to some of the frustration around uh, the, the speed at which uh, those that potential is being realized. But, um, but yeah, just a, a great thing for certainly the franchise, but specifically for Giannis, who... Obviously, you can't say enough about what he's done um, building himself from a, uh, you know, 15th overall pick who was, you know, skinny as hell and <laughs> green and had never played against anybody uh, to a, a guy that is now, you know, one of the very, very, very best players in basketball and uh, deservedly is going to start a second straight all-star game. And I thought, you know, the the, the fan vote um, was impressive, but... Uh, I, I think maybe just as impressive, maybe more surprising to me, was Giannis got more player votes than any other player in the NBA. And he tied with LeBron for the most votes from the media, which was all of the votes, all 99. So um, he came actually. I, I had said before that even if Giannis had won the popular vote, um, you know, we wouldn't be sure if that'd be enough because LeBron would presumably win the you know edge him out at least in terms of the player and media voting or at least he LeBron wouldn't lose to Giannis there but actually he did he he, they both were unanimous the two unanimous guys in terms of media voting and uh Giannis uh getting more votes than LeBron uh in in the player voting uh is is pretty damn cool and I, I don't know was that was that also like the big surprise for you when you saw all these
1: results I think it's just all of the numbers. Like, all of the numbers are insane to me. Like, you look at fan votes, like you said, 2,638,294 for LeBron, and Giannis is just over uh, 100,000 behind him at 2,530,211. So that's close, but as you go across the rest of the positions – there's only a couple other guys that get 2 million votes, and it's Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Like, th- There's five guys that get 2 million votes, and Giannis is on, not just on that t- tier with them, He's not, so he's on a tier with those five guys that are, are the most popular in the league, and, and obviously we heard the other day about him being top four in jersey sales, but he's on the LeBron tier like he's he's right there uh with LeBron so uh, I think it's just kind of crazy to think of uh obviously how this is a global game and our good friend over at Sports Illustrated Andrew Sharp wrote a, a really cool oral history about international players and kind of how all this is happening and it fits in really well today with Giannis and and what he's been able to ascend to so I thought the fan voting being that close was kind of crazy to me. I thought we'd get that update and then it would be the bronze stands being like, "Okay, that's that's enough." Like we're we're gonna blow this kid out the water. And Giannis stands were maybe just as strong. Uh, they, they were not gonna have any of that, and it was closer than I than I really thought it would be uh, to end there. And then you look at all the other ones and. Only two players received all 99 media votes, and it's Giannis and LeBron. Only two guys. So like, even Durant so- somehow got 98. I'm not sure who would not have voted for him. Maybe someone holding a, a grudge from some, whatever it may be. But either way, he gets 98 of 99. So, again, Giannis, LeBron, only two guys to get all 99 there. And then when you look at the total player votes, it's kind of a, the same thing when you, you're looking at tiers. Only three guys get more than 200 player votes. And Giannis leads them 226 to 220 to LeBron and 204 for Durant. So in literally every category, it, he just put up insane numbers, <laughs> which I, I guess is fitting for Giannis that across all categories he puts up insane numbers because that's what he do that's what he does every night on the floor but in the same way in all-star voting he really was just kind of kind of everywhere and it's it's just insane to think of uh, as i said the other week a player in milwaukee one of the smallest media markets being able to have this type of impact and i know when i said that a bunch of people like whoa That's nothing new. In OKC, they do it, and in Cleveland, they do it. And sure, I totally agree. But also, this is a Greek citizen. (laughs) Like this is not an American player that we all knew about for years before they got to the NBA. Like LeBron had a brand in his junior year of high school. Like he was leading every ESPN show as a sophomore and junior when he was in Ohio. Same thing with Kevin Durant. Like. People knew of him before he went to Texas, and everyone knew that when he was at Texas, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the most incredible scoring freshman, maybe in the history of college basketball. Like, everyone knew him, and already there, a brand was being cultivated. And now Giannis, in his fifth NBA season, has gone from unknown, total unknown, not knowing his name, some people still pronounce it G Giannis. I Don't even get me started on the last name, but the fact that Giannis is said still is ridiculous, and he somehow gets the second most votes behind only LeBron James. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, and it's actually kind of what the different numbers say as well, right? I mean, the, the fan vote obviously is is just about, you know, can you inspire excitement and passion and interest from... NBA fans around the world and and obviously Giannis has captured the imagination of fans um certainly not just in Greece not just in the US but but globally uh in a way that uh you know, it, it is is remarkable, but also deserving. Um, I think also, you know, a big shout out to uh, all the, everyone at the Bucks. Uh, you know, in, in the Bucks organization, um, Nick Monroe, all the people who run the Bucks social media feeds. Um, they obviously put in a tremendous amount of work to to get Giannis' name out there and make it easy to vote. And Bucks fans came through. You know, I mean, uh, uh, as much as we are a fan base fraught with um, frustration and uh, at times infighting and, and all that, um, the the love of Giannis unites us all for sure, and and so it's exciting to see that...
1: There's a beacon uh, of
0: hope. There is a beacon of hope, and, and obviously Giannis is the reason why I think a lot of the frustration exists, because we expect this team to be not just okay, right? Because yep. Giannis has been so good that you really want the rest of the team to, to live up to, to what he's doing. So, um so that was interesting the fan stuff is was fun um the player both stuff is interesting it kind of I think just underscores a couple of things one um you know the fact that Giannis and lebron are just so far ahead of the field in the east as far as the forward front crop for, for sorry front court crop goes um you know i think that's obviously one reason why um you'd see Giannis uh finished so far ahead of like somebody like kevin durant obviously um and and i think there's just you know more depth in the west front court so for the player voting, I think that just led to, you know, a harder, it was just hard to, to separate in the West and obviously just some weird voting, you know, like Kawhi Leonard got 34 player votes. It's like, okay, well that doesn't really make any sense. Um, and obviously there are a lot of like random guys who got player votes. Um, and you'd expect that because whatever players are, you know, a few hundred players, you get a few hundred players voting. Like a lot of them are going to throw in votes for their friends, guys they like, et cetera. But overall, you know, I think the the, the for the starters, um, they more or less got you know two very reasonable end results. Um, and but it is interesting because I think it also in the East, given that LeBron and Giannis are going head to head there, I think it does speak to um, the fact that Giannis is you know Giannis doesn't have enemies per se. Um, you know, we've we've talked about how he doesn't necessarily. Uh, have a banana boat of uh guys or a t- you know he has no team usa type um crew that that he is uh uh that, that he can fall back on and be popular with uh you know he doesn't really work out with other NBA players really during the summer kind of does his own thing but obviously um he also you know he keeps his head down he does his thing uh he's not like lebron where he's so high profile so visible um and has obviously rubbed probably some players the wrong way they're you know, made players just jealous, whatever it might be. But, um, to me, that's, that would be the obvious, uh, reason why Giannis would beat out LeBron in player votes. Just the fact that Giannis is just more likable. (laughs) He's, he's awesome and he's likable. What, you know, it's like nobody really hates Giannis or really want to kind of vote against him. So, um, so, yeah, it was uh, it's cool to see that. And and obviously the media, I think, you know, generally, you know, you look at the media, um, they are the the of, of the three factions voting here. Uh, the media, I think at this point, you know, we've seen year over year. I think the media and the media has gotten, I think, very good about taking this seriously. And, you know, you just don't see I think in years past, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, you would have seen more kind of outlier voting for awards at the end of the year and things like that. But now that, um, and I don't know if we're going to see who, I don't know if they're, I haven't seen like, you know,
1: uh, a full breakdown,
0: a breakdown of, yeah, of like who you know, if you can see who specifically voted for each player. But I don't know if they do um, it for All Star. I, I know
1: they do it for All NBA yeah, and stuff like right. that. But for I don't all know the they awards,
0: do for yeah. And and I think people have just generally gotten more informed. Um, and obviously, they're not tons and tons of people uh, who vote. Uh, shout out to Matt Velasquez who did have a vote from the Journal Sentinel. Um, so yeah, so cool to see Giannis, um, you know, again be be acknowledged in this way. And um, I, I guess the fun part now is speculation about. Uh, with LeBron being the East captain, presumably we'll get the first pick. It sounds like the NBA never really formally decided who would get the first pick, but presumably since he got the most fan votes, he'll presumably get the first pick. We go on um,
1: conspiracy theory that they're not actually going to draft.
0: You mean that they're going to just sort of divide up the teams diplomatically, like carve it up, like yep, you know, like a post-war gerrymander um, it. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's actually an interesting, uh, interesting idea. I mean, I feel like it'd be easier to just do a draft, um, but that's obviously the big question because the draft is controversially not currently expected to be televised, which is dumb. Um, Because otherwise, like,
1: what would, like, why do the draft if it's not going to be televised and if it's not going to be, like, publicized? I just don't understand the appeal of it. Like and also if it is not going to be just split up, LeBron's telling somebody. Like, right? Like all those guys have their people. Right. Well Steph and
0: LeBron, yeah. Between Steph and LeBron obviously
1: They got people.
0: You would expect that, you know, Brian Windhorst or uh you know one of the bay area guys or you know whatever Chris somebody is
1: marcus thompson like any Mark of those
0: spears yeah you know, somebody somebody would get uh would get the, the the breakdown or at least we'd find out who they picked first things like that um but yeah it's it's gonna be fun to sort of see it breaks out i mean it's kind of like things like if you're not going to televise it we're never going to know how it got broken out then just make it east versus west like i mean like yep. what's you know if, if it's not going to be if you're not going to take advantage of the potential spectacle then just make it east versus west because honestly like i don't think i think a lot of people previously you know felt like oh the east is going to be so much easier to make the all-star game and you know the west is just going to destroy them and you know i mean we've seen it so far the east has a better record i think still than the west uh, head-to-head this year um and again you know whether the i I don't i I wouldn't necessarily say that the east is more talented in terms of stars but um you know again in a in a all-star exhibition format is it really a problem probably not and the fact that the all-star game maintained the fact that both conferences still get 12 players it's not like you know if they had really done something like where it's you know the the 24 most popular highest voted players get in rather than 12 and 12 from each conference then I think it would be actually there'd be some value in in doing it differently but I mean if you're going to have 12 and 12 from each conference and you're not going to show the actual what drafting doing? of the teams why? yeah then what's why even bother doing it that way i don't know it's so that's strange, my conspiracy
1: but... theory if it never comes out who picked who i say the nba just just split them up like that that's that's where i'm going but if it actually happens It'll be curious to see kind of which way all these guys go because uh, they asked Steph Curry today before the Warriors game. I can't remember who they have tonight. Um, But they asked him before the game, like, hey, you're the captain. With that in mind, who would you go with if you're not going with LeBron or teammates? Like, who would would be that person? And he was like, well, Giannis because he – You know, dunked on me last year, and and (laughs) I'd probably rather have that on my team. And and it was funny because it was true; it it did happen. He did get dunked on viciously by Giannis, and then laid on the ground another time. Um, So I could see him wanting Giannis, um, but at the same time, I could see LeBron wanting Giannis, or I could see LeBron like. I just started to go down hypotheticals because if I'm picking against LeBron, I'm going to think he doesn't want Kyrie Irving. So I'm going to save Kyrie Irving for last. Like, if if he's among the starting pool, like, just keep waiting. Like, either force him to pick Kyrie or I'm going to get Kyrie much later than I should get Kyrie. And, like, there's so much fun stuff. NBA, televise it. Like, I need to know because otherwise I have. Way too many questions because it, it could be a lot of fun, but yeah, I would say Giannis would be a top pick from either side. Like whether that is LeBron or, or whether that is Steph Curry.
0: All right, you're going to be LeBron. I'll be Steph Curry. Give me, give me at each, but give me, give me who you. Who am I? Who you? Who you? You're LeBron. I'm Steph Curry. You have first pick. Who who do you think LeBron will pick? And who would you pick if you were LeBron? And again, factor in you know, put yourself in LeBron's shoes. You have to think about politics. You have to think about. Competitive spirit, all that stuff. I Have You're to think about being
1: it. super petty. I yeah,
0: factor and all that stuff. Who do you who do you think LeBron's going to go with? And, and would you go with that same guy if you were him?
1: Man, that's really tough. Um, I I kind of want to say Kevin Durant, but it seems like the last couple times they've played, like they do have a little. There, there seems to be a little rivalry there, uh, where they don't like seeing the other guy kind of kind of find success. So. I almost think it has to be Giannis. Like, in the same way that Giannis was able to rack up 226 player votes, like he's totally inoffensive. He, he is just a straight-up great player, and no one would ever be upset about you selecting him or, or doing anything like that. And he's going to be playing probably harder than everyone else because uh, that appears to be how he treats all-star games. So I think I'm going to say Giannis will be who I, who I as LeBron James, select.
0: Uh, uh, do you think he actually will pick him, though? Or are you saying he'll go, he'll go with Durant?
1: Well, I just think he—I think LeBron likes the rivalry kind of part of getting a chance to go against Durant rather than have him on his team. So I will select Giannis, and I also think he will select Giannis.
0: Okay, interesting. I I don't expect him to pick Giannis and keep in mind I have generally always been wrong about Giannis's popularity in all things All-Star related. I I didn't think fans were going to vote him as a starter last year. I didn't think the players were going to vote him ahead of LeBron this year. So, I'm probably underestimating how high Giannis would go in the player draft as well, but um I think there are a couple names that are interesting. I think Durant is probably an interesting one there. I mean, I think they do have a lot of respect for one another, but I think that's an interesting angle because certainly um, I don't think there's any question if um, if LeBron doesn't pick Durant, then obviously Steph has to pick Durant. That's that's a no-brainer. You know, it makes sense kind of along every dimension. Um, so I think that's an interesting question. Um, I, I I would agree. I think I think maybe he doesn't pick. Durant, uh, um, that maybe he he lets the two Warriors play together and that, you know, LeBron maybe looks at it as a chance to, uh, to maybe go out, go at the Warriors mm-hmm. guys a, a little bit. And I think then if you're saying, okay, then who would he pick himself? I think Giannis certainly could be in the conversation, although, um, you know, Giannis and LeBron are also somewhat overlapping in terms of skill sets. And if he wanted to play with a guard, um, I mean, James Harden would kind of be the obvious guy, right? I mean, yep. Kyrie, obviously, you would not expect him to pick first overall. Um, and so I think Harden might be the obvious guy. Also, just for the – I feel like knowing LeBron, he might want to – he he might get a kick out of stoking the where will LeBron go, is LeBron interested in Houston, that whole thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. like some some guys might try to avoid that. I think with LeBron, <laughs> he almost would t- try to seek just out that type on. of yeah. – Exactly. So um and I think if I was if I was LeBron, I think if I knew everybody was playing at the same like level of effort, I would probably pick Harden just because I think they, you know, would sort of complement each other, fill out the roster a little bit better than picking an, another forward like Giannis. Um but I think there is something to the fact that like if I was LeBron and I wanted to win, um I feel like I would expect Giannis to go harder than pretty much Everybody. anybody else out there although who knows maybe Giannis this year like feels like oh i'm a veteran now, I gotta, like, yeah like i gotta all right, like, guys I, I gotta slow down a little bit i'm not i'm at least not gonna block anybody's shot or something like that um but he so, is yeah, that, young
1: though so i don't know if he's learning a lesson like that because yeah. it's, it's difficult when you're young like because you have to go through it and you have to be able to learn like because you, you, you can't just like get that experience like you have to go through it and learn how to how right. to how to be an all-star
0: so I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, I would say for sure it's not going to be Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Kyrie Irving will not be one of the first two picks. Um, and certainly I wouldn't expect a guy like DeRozan to be one of the first two picks or, you know, also like Embiid. I think Embiid is, is also going to give him and he's young. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if LeBron is going to look at, you know, or, or Steph for that matter. I mean, I just I don't think they would look at Embiid as like, oh, I want to play with that guy. Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, I think Giannis is in that conversation, probably one of as one of the maybe three guys that could go first. I'll say with uh, with Durant, uh, James Harden, and uh, and Giannis. Um, Anything else on All Star stuff? Uh, I think what next is it next Tuesday we find out the reserves following the the coaches' vote. Um, So keep in mind the all the voting so far gets thrown out the window now for for reserves. Um, So the reserves will be picked by. Uh, a vote of NBA coaches, and uh, yeah, I, I I guess we'll we'll see how that shakes out. I don't anticipate that being nearly as interesting for us, just because obviously we don't expect any more Bucks to to make it. Um, but any other kind of All Star related thoughts at this
1: point? Yeah, I guess looking through other All Star stuff, uh, some of the our friend Pratik Patel, one of my coworkers over at ESPN Milwaukee, kind of compiled what the other Bucks guys were. Um, so, Giannis was obviously first in player rank, second in fan rank, and first in media rank among East Front Court players. Also, for East Front Court, Middleton was 10th among players, 12th among fans. Uh, Thon got two player votes, John Henson got one player vote, and Jabari Parker got one player vote. And then moving over to the East Guards, uh, Bledsoe was actually pretty much in the exact same spot as Middleton. Uh, Bledsoe has. 10th in player rank, 12th in fan rank, uh, Malcolm Brogdon got seven player votes, Tony Snell got three player votes, and Sean Kilpatrick got one player vote. And Frank, we're, we're kind of going through the full list, and there's some pretty funny stuff in here. Like, just looking through players that got votes, and like like you said, like you can kind of tell, like, all right, you're friends with player x and and you wanted him to get a vote like darius miller for the pelicans got a vote like okay that was probably boogie like he didn't really care about his voting (laughs) it was just like oh you know what you're on my team i i'll get i'll throw you a vote but it kind of got a little bit sad when you started to look at the fan total votes so they do like the ranks, like okay, your player rank, your fan rank, your media rank, and that. But they also do total votes in all of those categories. So like total player votes, uh, total fan votes, total media votes, and the fan votes, they got sad, man. Like uh, there's if you if you scroll to the bottom here, uh, in the Eastern Conference, guards uh, K Felder gets 185, Reggie Hearn gets 108. Not 1,000, like not 185,000, 185, Reggie Hearn, 108. Um, and then also in the East, um, Mindaugas kozminskis gets four. Four <laughs> fan total votes. Four <laughs> fan votes. And I have to look up on Twitter who actually did this, but someone searched Kuzminskis hashtag ma vote and found the forward screenshot of the vote and I laughed (laughs) I I laughed way harder than I should because I kind of feel bad like because how many times did you vote for Giannis like you voted probably uh, certainly more than four times like you might have had enough to to get some of those other ones
0: yeah I, I you know clearly the family members of min uh mindagas uh, Kuzminskis did not get the memo on how to use uh twitter no. and facebook to to fan vote and and lot. <laughs> to be honest i think it's kind of funny i mean i guess obviously all these fringe nba players uh, not even their families are holding out hope of voting them into the all-star <laughs> game but uh, it is pretty funny just how few votes uh, Kuzminskis in particular just because Literally, you'd think that out of millions and millions and millions of votes, uh, a guy who, granted, he was released by the Knicks, so understandable that he would not track a lot of votes. Correct. But uh, you you would think that just there would be just some random some random people out just there, just people having uh, some fun
1: on Twitter, you know? Yeah, just, like uh, he was he was
0: kind of a likable, scrappy yeah. player. Uh he's a I mean are there not like uh, is there not like some subset of Lithuanian basketball fans right? who really like, like And Kuzminskis? I don't Yeah. I mean, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, pretty funny, but and also I have to say I I mean as 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 much as it's obviously it's kind of stupid, you know, like Thon getting two player votes or whatever. Um I officially I said this last year too. Th- this shouldn't be like this isn't a big deal. Like in it, it it's really I mean all that matters is sort of the aggregate and obviously if you go out to the tail end all sorts of random players have, you know, differing amounts of fan votes and player votes and whatever. It really only matters if, if, you know, uh, some, some, you know, if Lonzo ball was voted into the, you know, starting five by fans, then we can say like, all fans are idiots or we need to think about the fan vote, something like that. But I mean, it didn't happen, you know, it wasn't even, I don't think it was even close to happening. Um, and likewise with players, it's not like there's any player who is so popular, um, that he would undeservingly get just like a starting spot from the player vote or something like that. You know, I mean, the system at this point, I think, is actually set up pretty well to make sure that you're not going to get any like stupid results in terms of the starters. Like um, even if
1: a small, so it's fine. like a small portion of the population does not take it serious enough, like you have enough like, fail safes in there that it's it's yeah. going to work out. Like yeah, you exactly. have the like three categories. Actors, like right. you can even if there is a group of people on the internet that decide to vote Zaza and try to get him in there, like everything else will control Ford and take them take him out of the starting lineup. So yeah, like, exactly it, it all that. works out.
0: Yeah, the Georgian Spam Bots, um who, who maybe maybe they're also working in Giannis's favor uh now, who knows? But uh the Georgian Spam bots, you know, now with the system, they really can't do anything to to sneak our, our dear Zaza into the all-star game. So it's all, it all works
1: out fine. Shouts to J O B for getting a vote. I see you, Johnny O'Brien. Um, he get he gets a player vote, but yeah, for, like you said, for the most part, it, all this stuff, I guess the, the big thing that we need to eliminate is the hand wringing over any of it, right? Like that's the thing yeah. that we actually like players. Shut up. Like media can have the vote. Those are the guys that watch the games the closest, media fan like media folks shut up about players not taking it serious like everyone just shut up about all-star voting like there there's nothing there there's nothing there if, if you want to get if you want to get upset about voting okay get upset about mvp voting that is bad all nba voting that is bad like those type of those types of things okay fine but the all-star game generally just a fun a fun event that is put in a bunch of fail-safes to make sure that nothing too terrible happens. So, um, <laughs> uh, th- and what do we? And what are we
0: I mean, you know, Bucks fans, uh, we complain about a lot of things, but Giannis is a starter. Nobody else from the Bucks is going to make it, and all the that is the correct outcome from this. So yep. we have nothing really to complain about.
1: Yes, totally agree. So um, that is going to be All Star voting. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks do play this weekend. They play on Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. and. I think I kind of see those two teams as similar in that I don't know who's showing up for the Sixers each night. I really don't. And MB takes it even a step further than the Bucks by sometimes physically not even playing, um, not just underperforming. Um, so I don't. I don't. Honestly, I have a terrible feel for that team, that Sixers team, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you don't know who's going to be there on a given night
0: yeah and i mean i think this is uh i mean bucks twitter bucks nation bucks fans we can get angsty about pretty much any game because like every game effectively becomes like a referendum on jason kidd and you know that's just sort of kind of like where we are at this point like um you know that th- that's why th- there is no just n- n- <laughs> no matter what happens in any given game, every game becomes life or death. It, it feels mm-hmm. like just because there's there's so much you know discontent specifically around Jason Kidd and you know just sort of the anxiety over him, you know the concern that like you know uh, win or lose like. What's going to happen is—is is he going to be head coach uh, come next summer? And and look, I, I get it. I mean, I, we were talking about this today on Twitter. I mean, it, it's kind of like politics at this point with Kid. You know, it, it, it Jason Kidd could, you know, have a game where he just makes all the right decisions and, and you know plays all the right guys and draws up great plays and the Bucks win and whatever. But you know, at this point, there's there's just too much uh, too much history that. It's not like Bucks fans are something going to say, "Oh, well, actually now I've changed my mind on Jason Kidd. Like actually, he he can redeem himself." Like clearly, you know, a huge I would say majority of Bucks fans are beyond the pale on 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 that kind of thing happening. So, you know, everything just becomes, you know, losses just become fodder for talking about Jason Kidd and and why he shouldn't be coach and um and you know, concerns about like well, we we have to be negative because if we start being positive then is ownership going to think that we now think Jason Kidd should be coach? I mean, it's it's just a really tough cycle. And I don't think it's like irrational or nope. I don't think people are being like bad fans or anything by being that, because I, I think it's very rational. You know, it's it's like in politics, if you hate a person in a specific office and you think that person needs to be removed at all costs. You are never going to give them credit for anything ever, even if they do something that maybe you think is okay. Yep. Um, because in the grand scheme of things, you just want to do anything to get rid of that person, and and you know, for, as fans, there's really nothing you can do other than <laughs> complain. right? Yep. And, you know, uh, and so so it, it's 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 tough, and I think the Sixers in particular, because the Sixers, um, I don't want to say they're yin and yang with the Bucks, but obviously there is. Um, there are some parallels and some what-ifs and what could have been between these two teams. The Sixers passed on Giannis to take Michael Carter-Williams. The Bucks could have had that Lakers pick that went to <laughs> Philadelphia. And instead took
1: have... Michael Carter-Williams. So maybe yeah, the yes. moral of the story is.
0: Full, full, full circle, <laughs> um, the Bucks could have drafted Joel Embiid. And obviously, I think for you know understandable reasons, did not. I don't think people... Uh, Monday morning quarterback that one too badly, but clearly, you know, if you could go back, you would, you would take Joel Embiid at this point, regardless of, of his injury concerns, just given his ceiling. Um, so a lot of kind of interesting parallels and obviously a lot of people, probably a lot of bucks fans, um, you know, feeling like, man, it, Philly looks like they have a, you know, potentially a brighter future. I mean, I think that's a debate, which team, which of these teams has a brighter future. I think so much of it comes down to injuries, not just Embiid, but, but also Markel Fultz, what the hell is going on with Markel <laughs> Fultz? Um, so a lot of kind of interesting kind of back and forth between these two teams, and right now after the Sixers beat a Kyrie Irving-less uh, Celtics team on Thursday night, the Sixers are only a half game back of the Bucks in the playoff picture. The Sixers moved into the eighth seed, just percentage points ahead of the. Actually, they're they're even. In terms of 51.2 um, percent winning percentage, it's basically you have to go to further decimal points to, to for the Sixers to have an advantage over the Pistons, who are 22 and 21. Um, so it's a it's a dogfight now at the bottom of the East playoff standings. And my expectation is, um, you know, the Pistons have some injury pro- trial problems. They haven't kind of totally fallen off yet. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, if Embiid stays healthy, JJ Reddick is hurt right now for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we won't see him on Saturday, which is good for the Bucks. Um, but you know, there's going to be a team that thinks they're a playoff team that is going to be left out in the cold. And um, you know, the Bucks, if they don't start playing better, I mean, they're they're going to be staring at the possibility of one of these lower East seeds, which, as we've discussed, is a really bad thing because you you can't see the Bucks beating one of those top three seeds in the East. So, um, so yeah, it, it is interesting. And, and if the bucks lose this game and certainly, uh, I I'll check five thirty-eight to see what the, the, the line is on this game. Um, I mean, if they lose that game, Oh my God, bucks, Twitter on Saturday night, it's going to be, a, I don't get, I don't care how they lose. It's going to be bad <laughs> yep. if the Sixers beat the Bucks, and they are 69% favorites uh, as the home team on Saturday. So, um, if, if you haven't enjoyed Bucks Twitter, if you haven't enjoyed sort of Bucks Nation and the sort of aggravation over, you know, all the stuff uh, over the last, uh, you know, weeks and today in particular, um, steer clear of it uh, after Saturday's game, especially if they lose, because um, I think anything Sixers related, it kind of becomes a flashpoint. And um, good God, you know, I don't know if, if everybody's aware of this, but uh, and I forget which which home game it is, but there's a... Uh, group of Sixers fans. I don't know how many if it's going to be over 100 or dozens or whatever it's going to be, but um there is a group of Sixers fans coming to uh see the Sixers when they play in Chicago and Milwaukee uh sometime in the next couple months and uh it's been billed as this big revenge tour because apparently Sixers fans are still better than Malcolm Brogdon won the Rookie of the year which is stupid to me but whatever. Um,
1: what Sixers and, mads are rationally like Sixers are rationally <laughs> angry about something come on i don't believe yeah. you
0: but Sixers fans uh are going to be i predict they are going to be very loud in the Bradley well, Center uh for that game and if the Bucks lose that game and uh it's embarrassing with Sixers fans uh you know getting into it with Bucks fans and being loud in the stadium and um, chanting god knows what um man that that could, uh, yeah that that could get that could get ugly uh, as well uh, on that front. So I am very curious to see what happens. Obviously, last year the Sixers beat the Bucks. I think the first two games, right? They one of them with Embiid, they uh, really handled them, and then one game without Embiid, they really handled the Bucks in Milwaukee. And then the Bucks came back and beat them twice in Philly with uh, Embiid hurt. So um, I, I don't know, it'll Be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But let's just say, uh, uh, yeah, I'm almost like dreading uh, what could happen with this game on Saturday.
1: So if you are enjoying those things, go watch a movie or uh, <laughs> like take a loved one out for dinner or whatever you need to do. If that's what you need to do, go for it. Because, uh, yeah, there, there is certainly a potential of things getting ugly on Buck's Twitter uh, on Saturday night after that one. Uh, the Sixers at this point uh, this season... 19th in Offensive Rating, 6th in Defensive Rating Uh, those two numbers according to Basketball Reference so this is a team that at times just puts it on people with that defense like they're just able to to kind of shut you out and when you think of the way that that team is assembled uh with mb in the middle obviously i think that makes quite a bit of sense and the bucks will be in for a tough one obviously no jj reddick kind of helps out things uh just because reddick gives that team a dimension that i think maybe jared bayless doesn't fill quite as well uh just that role of running around screens being that threat and obviously we saw with the heat last night uh how much the bucks can struggle with that and a guy like Wayne Ellington where he just kind of runs around the floor he gets a touch gives it back and then runs around some more and Redick is probably the best in the actually Clay Thompson's the best in the league at doing it but Redick is up there for guys that just kind of fill that role. Um, but even without him, uh, there's still a number of players, obviously, you have to worry about. Uh, Embiid in the middle is just a monster. Uh, I don't think there's really any other way to put it. Um, ben Simmons has been great. Uh, Robert Covington is a player that I think I've always enjoyed. I would assume you've always enjoyed him as well, Frank. Uh, Dario Saric is, is playing better this year. And they just have a a number of guys that can kind of kind of be annoying um, and and can kind of just put it on you on different nights and move the ball around and it's it's going to be a tough battle for this Bucs team and and I think you kind of have to hope that after the week that they've had some of the inconsistency that they've had in the last week that they just kind of put it together and show up on saturday night but there's obviously a strong possibility that they don't because uh, as jason said sometimes they'll win two and sometimes they'll lose two so uh we'll kind of see how that all of that goes anything else with that game frank
0: no i think it'll be uh interesting to to see you know what the sixers look like um they've been generally below average offensively i mean this is a team that the previous four seasons was dead last in points per, per possession. Uh, this year, they're twentieth. Um, defensively, they are fifth in points per possession. They um, obviously, with Embiid in particular, uh, are, are just a team that can really lock you down. And um, it, it will be interesting to see what the Bucks can can muster. Certainly, especially after um, you know some some subpar offensive performances of late. Maybe not a lot of whole games other than that first Miami game, which was just, you know, stinker all around offensively. Um, But clearly, you know, that the offense has not been as uh, potent maybe as, uh, as it has been at at times uh, of late. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a big test. And clearly, you know, again, these are one, this is one of these games against a team, another team in the East that is right there with them in terms of uh, jockeying for playoff positioning. And that's where, the Bucks have really struggled, really. Other than, um, you know, they've they've beaten the Wizards twice now. They've beaten, I think, the Pistons twice. I think, um, but other than that, uh, they they have had their struggles against these other teams that uh, that are in that mix with them in the in the East playoff picture. So, um, you know, again, another chance to try to to make it right in Philly.
1: So I guess the other thing we want to talk about today was obviously we've we've referenced it a couple times now but Bucks Twitter just being generally angry um and I don't know that I, as I said this morning I don't have any problems with Bucks fans being angry like you should be angry um you and I think certainly as we talked about it the other night that we mentioned <laughs> I, I would assume you could hear in my rant at the end of the episode and my just general tone throughout the rest of it that, you know, it, it was kind of a, a frustrating game. And uh, listening to Jason Kidd after the the game talk about guys being not old enough and too young and being... 25 or excuse me 28 or too old or too young like all of that is just uh, i mean it's frustrating to hear and at this point I, i understand why why bucks are tired of it bucks fans are tired of it and something we had said this summer was um we had joked through the the ownership stuff and the gm stuff and just kind of the mess that that turned into is that you you don't want to see a fan base that you're a part of get the the pitchforks and the torches out, but at the same time, maybe the organization should stop supplying them with pitchforks and torches and kerosene. Like, don't set that outside of the rally that that the fans are having together to plan this. Um, and that's something that the Bucks have consistently done for the entirety of my life. Um, pretty, I mean, aside from oh one and 2000 and maybe oh two but even then we're getting into a dangerous territory so for all but two years of my entire life the bucks have been incredibly frustrating so uh if if bucks fans are angry and now that they've struggled for so long and finally have something that they think is is amazing and Giannis, which he is and you want to set a higher standard uh, I think that's totally fair.
0: Yeah, so in it, it, we we were talking uh, I, and I forget who uh, I, don't know I should look this up. I think somebody I think somebody asked us about um, our theme song which is generally, obviously somewhat optimistic. It is positive. Positive energy. Yes. There are good um, vibes comes, that come off of it. it. Yeah, right? I mean, it's a theme song, right? Um, it comes courtesy of our, our good friend uh, Danny Schmitz. Uh, at Danny underscore shred on Twitter. I think the same one, same, same handle on Instagram. Danny is of course a uh, talented guitarist, musician. Uh, and we were joking this morning and saying, yeah, you know, it'd be, you know, we, we might need to make Danny's next project a, uh, like song, you know, that's sort of like the, the, the remix, the depressing remix, uh, of our theme song. <laughs> um, and Danny being, uh, the enterprising, talented, creative guy that he is, uh, took a couple hours and turned around exactly that. And I was, uh, I, I gotta say, uh, it, it, it's, you know, if you, if you follow us on Twitter, you may have already seen us retweet it. So this, this maybe isn't anything new, but, uh, Danny came through with a, uh, I think a a remix of our theme song that is appropriate for the times in particular uh a lot of the jason kidd specific angst and uh specifically some of the jason kidd comments that we have uh repeated over the last day um so i don't know do we need to intro this anymore or or i'd say we just play it and uh again uh i i don't think hopefully we're not gonna have to play this uh too often uh, I don't I don't think it's going to become a regular theme song uh, because it is so specific um but when when talented people put on their their thinking caps and uh and, and make something creative and uh, and fun right it's it's ne- it's negative but it's still fun it's funny um, I think I think he nailed this uh, and and captured the uh, the mood the hashtag mood however negative it might be of, of bucks Twitter bucks nation um, i I don't know anything else to add or, or should we just play this thing if it
1: wasn't good and creative I would not play it like uh, I I honestly think it's it's very well made and like you said uh Danny is quite the artist so um i guess without without any anything else to say uh the, we will talk to you again after uh the Sixers game probably sometime on Sunday so you'll have that ready to go on Monday the Bucks are back in action on Monday as well uh they have the Phoenix Suns at home and then the Brooklyn Nets at home so Next week is a spread out week for the Bucks, but man, if you ever had a time where things aren't going well and you want to get right, I think a game against the, the Suns and a game against the Nets with a week at home in between, yeah, I, I think that, w- that would be the time to do it. So we'll see if they can get right in that time. But without further ado, this is our friend Danny Schmitz at Danny underscore Shred. He made our theme song, and he also made this more depressing and sad and maybe a little bit angry version of our theme song. For Frank Man, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you on Monday. We're going to be a team that wins, two and loses, too. There's no, no coaching. There's nothing that you can do. Uh, we'll take the bet of uh, someone making it from the other side of the floor um, Being a gambler um, Being a gambler, understand
0: we did make that free throw, our luck They get it in inbounds at half-court and we fouled the three-point shooter And it's a four-point play
1: Why is
0: Jason Kidd still here? His schemes are dumb and
1: ill-conceived understanding with all the talent on this team We may be young, but we believe we should be better You become 25 or, you know, in the 28 range You, you, you tend to think about the game Kids. There's no no coaching, there's nothing that you can do. We are young. We're gonna be a team that wins two and loses two. Let them say you know understanding, understanding happen understanding, let us you know understanding, understanding happen understanding, there's no, no coaching, there's nothing that you can do.